Welcome to For the Love of Humanity. I'm Michael Armano. I'm Lindsay Tague. This is Lindsay Tague. I'm Michael Armano. This is For the Love of Humanity. We have a podcast. We talk about things. And today on the podcast, we're going to talk about privacy on the internet, at home, in parallel universes. Especially in light of recent events um, of how the media has transformed this whole security privacy thing on Facebook into a scandal, um, which is up for debate and in my opinion, subjective. I mean, the fact that we've, you know, we both come from a marketing social media background, um, you know, I'll just speak for myself personally and I don't really truly feel that it, it, it was a scandal or is a scandal. Do I think that Facebook is, is not guilty of some things here? Maybe. But the way that it was blown out of proportion, um, and when you compare it to other search engines, other websites like Amazon, uh, Google, hello, sure. they're capturing uh, data on on you and your behaviors, you know, since you've started using it ten plus years ago. So I think the reality of the situation is that technology develops very quickly. This is all new to us as a society. You know, we've only had the internet and what we know of as like technology and social uh, media for, you know, what, two, two decades, 2008. Yeah. So like 20 years. I, jo- I joined, I joined uh, Facebook in 2005. So in the 90s. So it's been about a good 30 year chunk. It, yeah. I think of I internet. Think 2002, 2003 was when Facebook was born. And before that, of course, it was MySpace. <laughs> yeah. And MySpace is great. So the thing about the social media is that you are prompted before you install, before you download, uh, to accept their terms of service, okay? And no one reads the terms because uh, they're long. And if you watch the interview with Mark Zuckerberg in Congress, you'll quickly realize that most of our uh, elected officials don't have any idea how the internet works. Um, It is a series of tubes and we send information and they uh, send that information through a tube system underground. Um, to Facebook and then Facebook hoards it and then they post it online. That's not the reality. That's not how this works Um, It's targeted advertising is what it is. So Social media was developed as a platform to respond to what you engage with I don't think most people even understand that basic fact is that everything that you click on like you share you comment on Facebook isn't necessarily like tracking that data. I mean, they kind of are, they kind of have to, because would you rather be blasted with bullshit, like commercials, like take TV as an example, and radio. You're listening to the radio, you're watching cable TV, which no one really does anymore. Um, And you're, you're blasted with ads from hemorrhoid cream to kids toys, to, you know, it's, it's a why obviously the whole spectrum of products and services that are being blasted in your face and it's not targeted. So social, social media targets it to, um, to provide and, and show, show you in advertisements of the things that you like. There's, there's certain things I love to buy on Amazon or wherever. And if occasionally scrolling through my feed, something pops up and shows me a product that I've purchased before that I like, why, why should I be upset about that? For sure. And it, TV, in a way, does use targeted advertising because they'll look at demographics. Okay. Um, you, know you know more about that than I do. They kind of <laughs> look at it based on, you know, who's watching, what shows, at what time. And all this is based on the, the Nielsen ratings. 
Um, so that they basically have like a box that they send out to different households and it tracks the watching habits of these demographics. So, so we're being it, tracked then too. Absolutely. And if you think about the way that the internet works and social media and all this, it works in a very similar way, but it's even more refined. And Facebook had actually done polls before to, to see if people would rather get targeted ads or if they would rather get ads that they don't care about. Hey, get off that couch. So we're here in the Toast Lounge. Um, that's Bebe. That's little Bebe, our cat. Um, she likes to claw up my nice red couch. My cat does We're not having it. Um, so anyway, going back to the television versus social media, it, it really works in a very similar way that television does. You know, during daytime programming, you have to think about who's watching daytime programming. It's typically going to be stay-at-home moms. It's going to be um, the elderly. So then that's why they're targeting those types of ads to that those, those people. You know, so then... But is that based off an assumption that all old ladies are the ones sitting home watching? It is. It, it is based on assumption. It. And that's why social media utilizes the tracking information, the information that you're putting on there to better hone the advertising capabilities. So Facebook did a poll, like I mentioned, to see if people cared about what ads they were seeing. And people would more would rather see ads that are targeted and things that they might actually be interested in than just random advertisements like you get on television. So that's something that we all opted into under the terms of service. And you know, uh, during that interview with Zuckerberg, they were like, well, you have to be able to make your terms of service more understandable for, for the common folk to be able to walk through, you know, be able to read through it and understand it. Well, no, they can't do that because the reason for the terms of service is it's a legal agreement. It has to be in legal, legal language. Legalese. So for them to, to suggest that is undermining the reality of what you're signing up for and and everything you know so like back when facebook started it started with this kid in college and he just wanted to rank girls at harvard right it's crazy so what that's become. and it's become this huge thing and that's wildly it's impressive <laughs> it's incredible that that is even the thing the technology is amazing that it has expanded and grown to be able to do such a thing but when it first started we very well could have paid 12 dollars a month and never got any ads out of social media, out of Facebook or anything, okay? Subscription but, service, just like Netflix or anything Exactly, else. you don't get ads on Netflix because you're paying for a service, you know? So that's the thing about it though, is because we had that choice in the beginning. It's free, so, you know, you can't really argue that. Did we want to pay $12 a month for Facebook or did we want it for free? As a society, as humanity, we decided that we wanted Facebook to be free. And that's why we get targeted ads now. That's how they run their business. And it's amazing to me how many people don't understand They're how Facebook works. They're not going to build a platform that's free and not how are they going to pay the developers and all, you know, the, how many, he has like, oh, like, like 5,000 um, employees now, 3,000 or 5,000 employees. Yeah, in the thousands. How, how are you going to pay all of those people and create face, you know, have created Facebook to what it is today, um, how far it's advanced without making money somewhere. For sure, so very similar to like a podcast, for example. Right now, we're doing this for free. Obviously, we're doing this for the joy of it because it's fun, but someday, if we want to do this professionally, we would either have to charge you as a, as a viewer, as a listener, to listen to our podcast, or put we ads. would put ads on it. Okay, so then you make that decision. Think about this. Would you rather pay us $2.99 per episode to watch our show, or would you rather us get paid by advertisers and then every once in a while we'll say, hey, thanks for joining us in the Toast Lounge sponsored by X Business. But the cool thing That's about- That's how we make it. And the way that you can, that, that can be spun to be a positive 
is that the way that I would do it if we were ever monetizing this is, you know, we like take our technology um, uh, one episode that we did for as an example. You know, we could partner up with, you know, our friend uh, runs a company called Nerd Homes, uh, you know, Smart Security. That's just an example, but, you know, or what we're actually... Or Car, or like actually, any of these services yeah. that are in People that we actually topic. support, our friends, like this the whole point of this, you know, um, podcast and the show that we're, we've, we're creating is that we want to showcase other entrepreneurs, small businesses, people doing amazing things in the world and here, very, especially here locally. I mean, there's, there's so many awesome people doing really cool things around town. So if we can do some type of partnership or collab collaboration with them to help them, you know, they harness our audience to become more successful. That's kind of, the, that's the way that, you know, if you look at it from that perspective and you're not like, I don't want to be sold to, I don't want ads in my face, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, most people don't to a degree, but when you look at it from that perspective, it makes it just makes so much more sense. Like I would personally only want to have ads, so to speak, for those types of companies and businesses, products and, and services. And in a sense, they are targeted ads. We're not taking the data that you're giving us, but based on the topics that we're talking about, we're targeting the, our sponsors and the people that pay us to the topic speaking. yeah hypothetically mm -hmm. we don't get paid we might for get this, there someday which someday, would be great right. if you want to sponsor the show by all means shoot <laughs> us an email i'd be happy to do it but the idea is that we want to we want advertisers or sponsors or what have you i would call that them are, partners i like yeah that are but they're going to be in line with the topic in line with the demographic of people that are listening and wanting to uh, enjoy this content right so facebook works in the same way and you from the get-go, when you sign onto the internet, you have to understand that no matter what, everything you do is being tracked. Every single thing you do. From your internet service provider, which reminds you, the FCC uh, until just- Until we switch to blockchain. Until we switch to blockchain, <laughs> it's gonna be a little different and we could talk about that. Um, but think about your ISP, all right? So everybody's uh, torn up about, oh, my information on Facebook, you know, my messages, whatever. This information you are you are knowingly putting into a, a space. When you give put that on Facebook, Facebook owns that content. Okay, so everything you put on, all of your information, is going to be at some point or another accessed by someone that isn't you or the person you're sending. And this it to. is why I don't have understand to that. that it's considered a privacy breach or something like that. Because even with this specific quote unquote scandal that they're labeling it. You know, it's information I'm pretty sure that's already in your profile. If you put your birth date in your profile, if you put the city that you live in, the city that you grew up, you know, were born in, um, your hometown, um, you know, all of your profile information you've put in there as public information. Even if your profile is private, that's those like, you know, just three examples right there are still visible to anyone that visits your profile. For sure. And if you have a private profile, they use that information that you're putting on there uh, that you're sharing with family and friends, um, but they're using that information to target ads for you. So that way when an advertiser wants to reach you, they'll say, all right, well, we have X amount of demographic that, are, that is in line with who you're targeting based on location, age, and employment, right? So all that information is utilized in a, in a way for Facebook to make money. That's how they make money. You get to use the service for free. That's how they make money. The privacy breach comes on your end. Okay, don't put information on there. It's like if you send a, a nude photo of yourself, you have to know that if it's on the internet, it's always gonna be on the internet. If you send it to someone, what it's going through some kind of internet service provider, it's going through some kind of medium, whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or what have you, 
those things, all that information and data is being run through a server. The servers um, are gonna hold on to that information, just like your computer. If it's on your computer, it's always on your computer. You can wipe your hard drives and everything, but it's always there. There's always a way to access wipe, I think you can wipe out Facebook now too because a friend of mine, right after this whole thing happened a few weeks ago, she had posted on Facebook and said something like, I can't remember where you find it, somewhere in your settings, but you can wipe out, you know, like, like me as an example, I, I think I've been on Facebook since 05, so what is that, um, 13 years? So you can pull all that data out if you wanted to, because I know you and I tend to occasionally get into our little heated debate sometimes on, on social media, on Facebook, and you were saying, well, I don't want to ever get off Facebook because all my photos and documentation, blah, 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 that are documented on there, I want. And I was trying to explain that there is a way now that you can pull all of that off of Facebook, save it on a hard drive, and then if you wanted to, to delete it, you could off of Facebook. Absolutely. So you do have the option to download your the entirety of your Facebook and get rid of it. But I'm pretty sure they compress all like I know that when you up every time you upload photos to Facebook, it automatically reduces the quality of the photos too. It does. So when you take them off there, I feel like they're probably worthless anyway. Yeah, it's gonna be you pretty might low well quality. Just save all your photos to the cloud to iCloud if you have iPhone. And that's kind of the way I look at Facebook. Like I see it as a cloud service, you know, it's like all the photos and the video content and the it's stories, quality, all the things. Yeah, you know, but it's in the format that I'm looking at it, if I ever needed to use those for like print, you know, then I need a high quality photo, I'm gonna have those on my end. I'll save them on a hard drive or what have you. But like, it's to a point, it's just like, if I'm flipping through Facebook and I wanna look back on the time I went to the Grand Canyon, I can go back to that album anytime in the rest of my life until Facebook is gone, you know? So everybody's like, ah, oh, you know, we're jumping off ship, we're going for, you know, F Facebook and all this, and I'm like, no, I, I like Facebook. That's where all my memories are, you know? And like, yeah, you can download all that, but then you gotta store it somewhere and then your hard drive crashes and then you lose everything. Facebook has Facebook, checks and if, balances if, to be able to hold on to that information. There's always a what if though, like you just said, if Facebook sure. is gone forever, well like what if everything just got wiped out? Like so, forever. so, <laughs> so I think holding, what I was trying to get my point across to you was when we had that discussion, was that people just need to open up their mind that there could and will be something better coming along. For sure, there's Facebook. gonna be. Just because Facebook's been around for 15 years or so and they've, yes, they've become successful, yes, they're constantly innovating and that that is the number one key reason why Facebook is where it is and when you look at it in comparison to all the other things that came about, you know, AOL, MySpace, even a website like Craigslist, who's never fucking changed anything, you know? Um, that's why Facebook is king, because they are constantly innovating to stay ahead of the For curve. Sure. Um, but with technology and innovation, things are always changing. Things will always change, and something new and something better is gonna come along. If you haven't watched our episode on um, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, which episode was that? Was that our last one? I believe so. Yeah, that was our last episode. And that kind of ties into where I was kind of going with the conversation, was that, you know, there, there are some um, things going on in, in beta right now, uh, in terms of a, like a blockchain, a social media platform or social media platform powered by blockchain because the very essence of blockchain is untraceable, untrackable. All your activity and your behaviors are untraceable and untrackable. And um, 
you know, there's, it's just a completely different concept that is so new to people that most people like just don't get, like they don't understand how that could possibly be a better option. Well, yeah. And there's a, a good bit of people that don't even understand Facebook and they're yeah. on it. Yeah. But the, the thing about technology is that now things can change and progress at a much faster rate than before because of the internet, because of technology. Look at TV. TV has been around for decades upon decades, okay? Movies have been around for even longer than that. But now things are changing, okay? With the advent of the internet and services like Netflix and Hulu and different things like that, people don't watch TV. You just said earlier, people don't watch cable a whole people lot anymore. don't watch commercials. The only reason I have cable is because I have internet. They throw cable in now because people aren't buying cable. They're like, hey, if you get the internet, we'll go ahead and give you cable. Okay, so that's desperate. that's a, a, a catalyst, uh, if you will. There's a change happening there where television is no longer, and now everyone has TVs and you know like flat screens Everybody's and 4K watching, televisions, yeah. but they're not watching television. They're watching content on, it's a on screen. the internet. They're, they're just buying giant screens to to use their Roku or their um, they're their watching Apple and listening Home or whatever. Like from a high level, they're watching and listening to content via the internet. Whether that be YouTube, whether that be podcasts, podcasts have exploded in the last five years. Sure. Um, you know, people are veering away from this like mecca of, to me, in my opinion, like the way that I would want to see the future is, you know, we're getting away from this like mecca of like celebrities and putting these people on a pedestal. Um, no, we can create content. Any Joe Schmo can create video, can create audio. Um, obviously can blog in, in lieu of being an actual published author. I mean, with, with the internet, it's just, it's, it's so amazing to me that now it's like, it's putting the power back in our hands. For sure. And that's a lot of what people don't even, still don't even realize is that, you know, you can be an entrepreneur, you can have an e-commerce site, you can do drop shipping if you don't want to, you know, make and sell your own products. If There's you want to be a musician or an actor or whatever, exactly. you can start right here, right now with your cell phone and you can find people that are going to be in tune with that content that you want to create and then build that community. Whereas before with television, you had your broadcasters, right? So you had your major providers for television and then you had the different channels and they would produce content and that was That's all you had. That's how they had all control and how it's they It's unlimited it. now. Anyone can create a show. I've got a you script that You can become a will, YouTube sensation overnight. Absolutely. You have all these different channels. You can subscribe. You can find things that are in tune with what you believe in, with what you uh, want to see, the content. If you like sports, you can follow sports-specific channels. You don't just have ESPN. ESPN isn't your only option anymore. You can find any number of sports channels. If you want good drama, it's not just AMC anymore. It's literally anywhere you want. You can find it and fine-tune independent filmmakers and independent TV show makers. Like I went to school for media production. I've worked on movies and television shows, and I have scripts sitting there that we're, we're currently going back to because when we first started this, when I started my YouTube channel in, like, what, 2007? Like this was ages ago. At that time, the production quality, I mean, I had a, a little camera and like just, the, now I can shoot a whole show on my cell phone, okay? So like I'm going back and taking all these scripts and movies and whatever that I've had for years and I'm going back and I'm rewriting them. You know, I'm going back and editing them and I want to start my own channel. Mikey's Flamingo Ranch is going to be my uh, production channel. <laughs> 
But like that's the thing is like it, the power is in our hands now. So rather than literally me, in <clears throat> your hand, and that's the funniest thing to me too. When people say your cell phone is, is cell phones are a detriment to society, and social media is a detriment to to society. That's if you're looking at it from a dystopian view, and you're looking Very at, and you're looking at it from a negative view. Yeah, it, it certainly could. You know, that certainly could be the case. If we all think that, we all look at it that way, then yeah, that's how it's probably going to end up turning out. But if you look at it from, you know, a positive perspective, I mean, take nonprofits as an example. Like, the, the ability that nonprofits have now through social media platforms, through fundraising platforms, like, they like, they've never had these opportunities ever before. Yeah, they can broadcast their message to um, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people even. Um, but just by like the later today, we're uh, going to be interviewing the social media manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, and I am incredibly this is excited for that. Social Media Day Jacksonville. If you've if you've been yeah. following along, we we've been pretty much been mentioning it every single episode. Um, Mikey's the the sponsorship coordinator volunteer. I'm on the marketing team doing content creation and strategy, and um, you know Michael being uh, really good on camera and you know just. Good speaking, good speaker. Um, he's going to jump in later today and, and interview the social media manager for the Jags. Yeah, so it's interesting because speaker. if you, you know, obviously NFL, football, sports have been around for a long time, but now with social media, there's a whole new chance to garner uh, or garnish. Is that the right garner. word? Whatever. We're gonna. You can <laughs> capture a whole new audience now. So think about it like this. You know, this past NFL season, the Jaguars were the underdog. There was a point where they very well could have went to the Super Bowl. Everyone in the country was yelling, Duval! <laughs> okay, in the country. So I am excited to figure out how he, you know, kind of looked at that. It's like, all of a sudden, you went from, you know, our city, and we have this, you know, this population, and these are the people you're capturing, to suddenly being the underdog for the entire nation. Like, that's incredible. So I'm excited to see uh, how social media and the internet and technology uh, has worked in his favor um, to be able to take the Jags from just being, you know, like, you know, a nobody team a to America's team. <laughs> underdog, you know. Yeah. So we're excited to talk about that. And that's one of the things that like this podcast is great for us because we get to talk to you about that. We get to, you know, give you our perspective on these different things. Like the whole Facebook thing was uh, huge. You know, I sat there for like four or five hours watching on my phone on Facebook Mark Zuckerberg in front of Congress defending answering Facebook. Out defending <laughs> Facebook, right? But it's funny because the reality of that situation, yeah, okay, Facebook, you know, breached some information from a third-party uh, developer, that's on them, they accept that responsibility, they're gonna do better, they want to do better. Mistakes happen. I mean, but let's look at the third party and where all that information went. It went to a foreign country and they utilized it to interfere with our election. It's like, all right, so let's... And that was proven, right? That was proven. Uh, many, many, so many course, things. And the FBI obviously, they're still... corrupt politics. Is really, yeah, so obviously they're really, still you know, investigating are, and all this, but... How that's where we should be shining a light, not on Right, we're sitting here interviewing and grilling Mark Zuckerberg because, oh man, you let a third party developer um, and, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and... Oh, well, what are the political uh, affiliations of your employees? Like, I have 5,000 employees. I don't know all of my employees. For one, I have teams, and I manage those teams from up here. That's a silly question. No matter what company or organization you're a part of, that's how business works. 
Sorry, we're like switching back and forth yeah. here. But yeah, I mean, it's just fascinating that they would grill him for hours and not once mention the breach of information and what happened to that information. It's just, oh, this information was, you know, is my information safe and blah, blah, blah. But you didn't, they didn't even talk about where that information went, how it was utilized and, 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 and their role in that. And that fascinates me too, because for me, it seems like they're spinning this entire thing to, to get away from that fact. It's that always self-interest. Was... It's always self-interest. Yeah. They're, they're, they, they completely you know swept that part under the rug, didn't bring that up at all. I remember at one point, one of the conservative Republicans on you know the panel of these congressmen that were interrogating Zuckerberg, you know, had to make sure he brought up, like, what was it? It wasn't Planned Parenthood. It was something else. Now I can't think about it, but... You, you could tell it was all about self-interest. It was like, you know, them, they brought up something about him. Um, I know censoring is not the right word, but a word similar to that, you know, censoring some things that, you know, it came up that Facebook is on liberal leaning being out in California. So he more or less was trying to call out, you know, saying that Facebook was blocking any, you know, propaganda that would support them. Sure. And you very well could make that argument, but you can't really attack Zuck on that. Like, it's not like he's sending out mass memos to his 5,000 people all across the world that he works for. And he's like, all right, listen, if you see anything conservative, we're going to take it down. Like, no, maybe you have a, a super liberal uh, employee and they, they went rogue and they deleted a couple things because they felt like, yeah, that's something that could happen. That's something that could happen in any organization. Like, but those are where you get checks and balances, and he even said, he said, yeah, that might be a thing. We're going to look into that. We want but to make sure what? that that's not happening. But guess what? He can do whatever the fuck he wants. It is a his private, company. yeah. It's his Absolutely. company. And you agreed to be on there. Everyone yeah. that is on there agreed to be on there. They don't not like run it. by the government, so sure, yeah. he, he can block whatever he wants. And if you don't like it, then delete your account. You know, it's the same Find a different, that. yeah, get on Instagram. Go, go create an all-conservative social media platform or an all-liberal media platform so that you guys can sit in your own echo chambers on social media. And if that's as if your Facebook pages aren't already echo chambers. You know, I try to take, I try to take very good care of making sure I'm not censoring anyone because I want to understand the other perspective. I find myself to be very moderate. You know, I have very fiscally conservative views and like policy views, limited government things, but also socially, I'm a very liberal person. Like I want people to have healthcare and I want people um, to like make a living and survive and you know, have freedom of speech and this kind of thing. So I don't really identify with one party or the other. The whole party system is terrible. We don't talk about politics here, but I'm sure you've mentioned <laughs> this is that the before. Most, yes, this is the most but that is, and that's and the reason for that is because of the way that they, you know, obviously it all stemmed from Zuckerberg going in front of Congress. Um, but it is an important conversation to have because not only should you be weary of your privacy in your social media lives, but also in reality. Because the government is known to, to spy on its citizens. That's exactly. why we have um, policies and acts to protect American citizens from that. Wiretapping, um, the, the little microphones in your cameras your and your Alexa. laptops, your Alexa, you Alexa literally anything that is connected is listening. If it has a microphone, it's listening. Who's listening or, to it? No or maybe, idea. Yeah, I mean, maybe. How they're using it? No idea. Yeah. Is I it mean, nefarious? The capability, maybe, the maybe capability for them to tap in is there. Are they listening to every single thing you say? Probably not. But 
their the ability is there and that's that's the scary part for sure so it is a definitely a fascinating conversation um you know protect yourself if you don't want information out there be careful where you put it that's really what it boils down to because you can't trust Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or the government or Twitter or LinkedIn or Google Plus or whatever. You can't trust any of them. Your ISPs, your internet service providers, Comcast, all of them, all of your traffic goes through their systems and they have access to it. They store that information. And to make a point also is that, you know, just like every other, you know, industry practically or, you know, if you want to, like, as an example, like, you know, banking, um, there's fraud, there's scammers. Um, so the same thing on social media, there's going to be hackers, there's going to be scammers and spammers and fishers and things in place that'll steal your passwords. And it's just, unfortunately, it's the way the world works. There are messed up people out there that, you know, want to take advantage of others. I got freaking scammed twice in the last six months, not on social media, but through my banking bank account, they got my information. And, you know, um, the, I got pro- scammed on a phone call as well. I'm trying to pretend they were, they were the IRS and trying to get me to send them money. So, and that's, I think that makes more sense as a comparative example to what's going on with Facebook is that Zuckerberg didn't go out there and say, here's everyone's information. You know, this third party came in and took advantage of an opportunity to do so. They found a loophole. In the system. I don't know if what they're claiming is that Mark Zuckerberg knew about it and still allowed it to happen. I don't know about the facts on that, but I mean, it didn't seem that way. I can't imagine. There's no political, like, for one, it benefited not his political party. So I feel like, why would he be involved in that? Regardless. Unless he got paid off somehow. Yeah, but he already has so much money. Why would he? Why? why? There's no point. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, like you can't fully trust Zuckerberg. Obviously, um, he started the whole thing just to rate women at Harvard. Um, but it grew and, and bloomed into a thing. And, you know, from, from what it seems like, he's taking a responsibility for what happened. You know, he wants to make it better. They're working on making it better. And that's great. But they like I said, started making changes. Yeah. don't panic. Protect yourself. If you don't want stuff out there, don't put it on the Internet. Um, you know, there, there are better ways to do that. You know, you really just, you can't trust anybody. You just gotta, you gotta take, you know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Is that the right phrase? Yeah. Excellent. I think so. Um, but I did want to talk about net neutrality a little bit because remember back in the day when we gave up our net neutrality because no one cared and now the head of the FCC is being sued by, you know, so yeah. And they won. So they won on that front and now uh, we're worried about Facebook, but really who you should be worried about is your internet service providers because they say, oh, you can trust us. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to sell your information. We're not going to charge you for... is a much bigger concern than fucking Mark Zuckerberg. And I know I'm cursing a lot in this episode because I'm just annoyed. It is upsetting. It is yeah, upsetting. Like, you know, the net neutrality got repealed and, and everyone's freaking quiet about it. Like, no one's really even talking about well, it. Well, we're going to like, start talking about it. Not on my social media, you know, feeds and stuff. No one's bringing it up. We're going to start talking about it as soon as one of those internet service providers gets comfortable enough to say, hey, we'll fast lane your internet for an extra 30, Broadly 40 bucks data, a month. block content. Like, that's That's, that's a reality now. That's that is like, censorship right there. That is, and that's, that's another thing. And that's what the FCC should be protecting us because that's their job. 
The FCC is to protect our they're, they're uh, communications. With the, with the telecom in industry. Yeah, and the telecom industry is profit. Backdoor is politics through Verizon. And there's no, there's food, water, shelter, communication. Access none to of that. None of that should be blocked. You know, like that's the foundation of our country is freedom of speech. And, and obviously, right information. the First Amendment only protects us from the government. But the FCC is the government and they handed our protection off and said, you know what, let these big corporations and what, and what, what were the what were their reasons behind that anyway of why they were trying to say that this was the right decision? Money. Yeah, well, I'm really curious. <laughs> Somebody made money along the way. The statements right that they're putting out, you know, they have to put a statement out about why they said this was a good idea. For sure. So, before we wrap up the episode, I want to talk about Parallel Universe. As I mentioned earlier, there was a time in uh, our lives where we could have chose to say, you know what, I'll pay $12 and no ads on Facebook. Facebook would have made their money, they would have billions of users across the world, and um, everybody would have been hunky-dory and this never would have been a problem. But we made that decision as a society, as a whole. You know, you personally may not have made that decision, you may not even be old enough to have made that decision, but humanity, for the love of humanity, Someone did. We, <laughs> we as a whole chose to rather have free Facebook than uh, to, to protect our privacy. So when you're thinking about uh, the future and you know with new technologies coming about, all these different things, you want to, to think about it not only for yourself and what you want, but as a whole, what does everybody think about this? Does everybody even understand the consequences of what we're doing and how we're moving forward? You don't because you don't read the terms of service. I admit, I didn't read any terms of service. Oh, Facebook, you know, but I understand how the internet works. I understand the, the technology behind it. When things go through uh, the internet, it goes to a server and it's blasted and, and bounces off a bunch of different points and my information spread everywhere. I understand that because I grew up in the technology age. If you don't understand that, please educate yourself. Learn about it. Hopefully this episode taught you something if you didn't know anything, uh, you know, if you didn't understand exactly how it worked. Um, and yeah, we're silly about it and we, you know, we're not taking this too seriously. We're not using a bunch of technical terms. We're trying to give you the layman's terms of what the terms of service says. It is very, it is a legal document. When you sign on and you agree to those terms, that is a legal document. personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. If there was any two words that I would say people, you know, in our society, in today's world, and especially for millennials is take personal responsibility for your actions. Now, Lindsay, that's a very conservative ideology you have there, if I, if I do say so myself. I mean, you, you can't say that in a general sense, maybe depending on the context. Political spectrums are weird. Oh, I learned recently, before we jump off of here, I learned recently the political spectrum isn't so much of a band, it's more of a, a, a quadrant situation. So, like, it's interesting. We'll talk about that on another <laughs> episode. No politics. All right, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're going to sign off here. Social Media Day Jacksonville, that's one of the big events we're going to be at coming up soon. Uh, we went to one spark, you may have saw us live on Facebook. It was kind of a wash because of the rain. Get it? That's a pun. <laughs> awesome. I'm is hilarious. this episode 8? Uh, I don't know what episode this is. I've lost track. But we're getting very close to episode eight. 10. And when we get to episode 10, that's when we're going to start bringing on interviews. Uh, so we're yes. going to have a third guest. We're going to have people to join in on the conversation. If you have a topic that you want us to talk about or you want to have someone on the show or if you personally want to be on the show, let us know. We're going to start uh, scheduling out those podcasts um, for the future. 
Uh, we're excited to talk about uh, new and fun things. If you have a topic for the show that you want to talk about or you want to hear us talk about, let us know that as well. You Subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, we're Facebook, also- Instagram. Facebook, Instagram, for the love of humanity. I'm on Snapchat, Captain Mikey J7. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> um, so, so find us and watch, listen, share. For sure. Thanks for watching. I'm Michael Armano. I'm Lindsay Tate. This is for the love of humanity. Brought to you by the Toast Lounge. <laughs> I'm sponsoring this episode. Eat toast. King Gluten. All hail King Gluten. <laughs>